They unloaded the coffin last. Grey plastic, of the kind hospitals have for mass fatality incidents. It had been at the far end of the C-17 aircraft when it landed at Bryce Norton an hour ago, bare, untagged. Six men carried it into the cargo bay. It wasn't clear to anyone present what procedure to follow, because no one had any idea who it contained. Flight Lieutenant Trevor Hughes was responsible for the loading and unloading of all aircraft. He had walked through the plane's stale air, checking equipment and coordinating its discharge. It was only when the tents and packs had been cleared that he'd seen the coffin, secured by webbing at the back. A sealed box of possessions sat beside it. Picked it up at Cape Verde when we refuelled, the aircraft's warrant officer said. Nothing's written on the docket. I was told there'd be someone here to meet it. Hughes shook his head. He took pride in his job, but it depended on clear lines of communication. Got a contact? A regiment? Nothing. What am I meant to do with it? Unload it, I guess. Bryce Norton was the sole air bridge to all British forces serving internationally. It was a portal through which the UK military could inject itself into the world, and whatever remained of those missions at the end flowed back. It was a border, and, as at any busy border crossing, a settlement had grown, with its own hotel, fire station, medical centre and post service. It ran like clockwork, never more so than surrounding a repatriation. No one had told Hughes about a repatriation. Usually there would be a hearse waiting, a chaplain, flags at half-mast, wreaths for the bereaved. The flight lieutenant didn't feel qualified to receive the dead alone. Something had gone wrong, but not as wrong as to whoever lay inside the box. Hughes had a ritual he performed when bodies returned, and he performed it now. He touched the coffin and said, Welcome home. Then he added, Whoever you are. He turned to the warrant officer. Find something to cover it. The warrant officer removed a sheet of burlap from a broken refueling hose and draped it over the plastic. With the help of four other men, they moved the coffin swiftly out of the plane onto a luggage truck. Hughes was painfully conscious that the everyday noise of the airfield continued oblivious. Once inside the cargo bay, they placed it onto a gurney with the box of possessions on the rack beneath it. Hughes checked his messages and emails, but there was nothing about a corpse returning. He made calls, steadily moving up the chain of command. A squadron leader radioed back, equally puzzled. No ID? No, sir. I'd appreciate it if you could ascertain who's responsible and notify them of the situation. I'll see what I can do. No one came. It couldn't stay among the cargo. Hughes remembered the gymnasium, once being used as a temporary morgue, a row of nine arrivals from Helmand, stately enough on the parquet floor, and he made the decision to transfer the anonymous coffin there while they sought its owner. He enlisted the help of twenty-year-old Jack Trafford, a leading aircraftman from the specialist reserves, and they wheeled it through the back corridors together. People stopped playing as they entered the sports courts. Games concluded and the place emptied. The two men waited, 
Both were tired at the end of a long shift. Trafford had been hoping to get to the staff bar. Hughes had a six-month-old daughter at home. But the coffin lent their evening a solemnity that eclipsed those concerns. It spoke of events far away, a reminder that this was no normal airport. Hughes radioed again. Again a message came in, guard it for now, someone would be tracked down. No more flights were due in that night. The clank of gym equipment could be heard next door, occasional grunts and laughter. The negligence became an increasing source of anger for Hughes, that a corpse might become misdirected male. The vast machine of the military was nothing if it forgot the meaning of these deliveries. He checked the blank docket again as a morbid curiosity grew. Hughes took the knife from his belt and levered the top of the coffin open.